Hello! Welcome to Tay2Z, where we chat about every Taylor Swift song in alphabetical order. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab, and we will be your hosts on this journey. In our last episode, we talked about It's Nice to Have a Friend from Lover. It's nice to have a friend. And today, we are discussing the song It's Time to Go from Evermore Deluxe Edition. Ooh. It's Time to Go is the 17th track on the Deluxe Edition of Evermore. Evermore was released on December 11th, 2020, and this song, as well as Right Where You Left Me, were released as bonus tracks on January 7th, 2021, digitally. Digitally. If you bought the physical CD. You got them. You got the songs early. Yes. This song was co-written by Aaron Dessner. Our guy. Our guy. This song is yet to be played live, but I cannot wait to hear it sung live in concert. She will sound amazing on this. Truly. Like, all of Evermore, I can't wait to The hear entire it. thing. Uh, we just need it. Except Please, Taylor. <laughs> Willow. We heard Willow. Right. Yes, we heard Willow. We went and saw like, Maisie Peters' concert, and now we just want all of the concerts. Like, Taylor, you do you. You take your time. But whenever some sort of live performance is announced, we will be there with bells on. We will. <laughs> so, Devin, what do you think about It's Time to Go? This song is wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic closer to the Folklore Evermore duology, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Lee Bardugo would be proud. Duologies all Shout the time. out to our girl, Lee Bardugo. <laughs> our girl. <laughs> so wonderful. It just puts a cap on everything. This song is just such a masterpiece in both the production and the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Like all of Folklore and Evermore, the lyrics are so amazing and they're just like some of her best work in terms of of her lyrics and the productions on all of these songs really have their own language yeah and the motifs that come in and out of this song in particular really kind of tie in together folklore and evermore i think oh cool and that is most noticeable and actually you might not notice it at all and it was funny because when I started playing it for you again, you're like, wow, the beginning of this song really sounds like peace. Yeah. So that pulsing in peace and the pulsing at the beginning of It's Time to Go are the same note two octaves apart. Oh. And. Wait, when I said that, did you know it already? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. The rhythm is a little different. And there's kind of that pulse in various other places throughout the albums as well yeah i just found it interesting that it was the two songs peace which is all about the insecurities that she has in a relationship and how she feels like she isn't enough yeah and that she she'll try and that everything but then this song is about later on maybe when when you finally realize like you have to let go mm-hmm. you have to maybe you worked at this relationship for 20 years or whatever and, and you're finally like i can't do this anymore i have mm-hmm. to move on and so i found it very interesting that those two threads kind of were were together and i don't know if that was intentional mm. i feel like with taylor everything she does is intentional because yeah. i was listening to it and i was like this sounds really familiar and then i went and i played peace and it was up the octave. Yeah. Or up to octave. It was really cool. And then there are these guitar licks throughout that are very folklore as well yeah. and evermore it, It's just a really, really nice finish to this journey of hers. Mm-hmm. And who knows 
what TS10 will be, what, you know, where she moves on from here. But it wrapped up these albums really, really nicely, I yeah, think. Yeah, definitely. In terms of the lyrics, they are shatteringly beautiful mm. and and really, really melancholy as well. Mm-hmm. And some wild circumstances that she comes up with that are all incredibly relatable. <laughs> you know how in It's Nice to Have a Friend, we both kind of said that it's very, it was a little bit more like poetry. Mm-hmm. This song feels very poetic as well. Yeah. A lot of Folklore Nevermore is. Yeah, totally. But this one has, it's like little parables throughout mm-hmm. the whole, as is It's Nice to Have a Friend. Those are, they're different stories in each verse yeah. as well. And I can't help but think that that final verse has to be about her journey with her label, mm-hmm. which I'm sure Gals of Gab will talk about. Absolutely. But I think that you can even feel that without really knowing about that situation. Yeah. That last verse seems very personal to her. Yeah. And she even sings it a little differently. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that I have not listened to this one very much. Mm-hmm. And I listened to it quite a lot today. Yeah. I don't know. These albums are just so important. Yeah. You know, it, it just, it feels like a fit, like an ending and it feels really good. This song feels really good to listen to. Yeah, I like this song a lot. Um, it, it's cathartic and it just gives you this little push of like, it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Things are tough, maybe, but you're going to be able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it is time to move on or maybe it is time to do something different or you know? Yeah. So I, I really, really, really like this one. Yes. What about you? What do you think? I also really love this song. I really love the intro to it. And it's like kind of like an anticipatory feeling almost. Mm-hmm. You're like, what's going to come? And what's really funny is that I wasn't thinking a piece when I did my notes on this. Mm. But then to the listeners, uh, Devin came, came into the room I was in and he goes, what song does It's Time to Go Make You Think of? And I just started singing lyrics, and they were peace. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I guess it's peace. And then he played it, and I was like, oh, yeah. And so I don't always connect those things in the same way where Devin hears them, but I'm still hearing them and connecting them as well. Yeah. Which I think is really cool. Yeah. I love the motif. I also think, like, just the whole sound of this song, what you were kind of talking about, I think it's almost meditative. Mm. And, like, her voice is just so soothing in it. Like, her voice is beautiful in this one. And I find it also to be kind of healing and reassuring. Like, she's telling you, like, trust yourself. Trust your gut. And I'm like, Taylor, you don't need to tell me twice, you know? <laughs> like, it's just her voice sounds so beautiful. And, like, yeah, like, it just, the song kind of, like, fills me, yeah. if that makes any sense. I very much like that and like the the lesson of trusting your intuition yeah. and, like, knowing when something isn't right and it's time to leave it behind you. Yeah. Like, I think that's a really cool, important message. And then, like, where she, like, goes over the different types of scenarios where leaving the situation is, like, the right choice or, Mm -hmm. like, what she thought. I just think it's cool just how relatable and familiar all those things are, even though they're specific. Yeah. Which is really cool. Like, we all know those scenarios in a different way. And then the lyrics of this song are so strong. Like, poetry, what you said. I mean, just this lyric... That old familiar body ache, the snaps from the same little breaks in your soul. Ugh. Like, it's beautiful. Yeah. And the way she sings it is... Your soul. And it's just Ugh. like the way, like her, her, the quality to her voice in the words. I, I really am a big fan of it. Yeah. And then what you were kind of saying about how even without fully knowing you knew that last verse was personal... Something that I think is really cool is in the song, the lyrics change from you know when it's time to go to I know when it's time to go. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. I also think it's 
like the way it ties up these two albums, like she, I think at this point in her career, like writing these two albums, like the most creatively fulfilled she's ever been. She's trying out things she never knew she would. She found this kind of like artistic soulmate in Aaron Dessner. Mm -hmm. And she's like just like creating things because she wants to create them, not because she's like trying to plan a tour or sell an album or work with a label in a specific way. And I think it was just very freeing for her. And it's just like her like saying like she knew when it was time to go, but also like she now she knows what's right for her. And I think that's really cool and, like, very cool for her to be reflecting back on that as well. Yeah. Even just the name of this song is also like, okay, like, this is an end of a chapter. This is an end of an era. Mm. It's time to go. Like, that's such a great album closer title. Yeah. So I really like that as the closer to for sure. Evermore. Even though I do really like Evermore as a finishing Evermore song as well. Evermore is also a fantastic closer. Both of them closer. are fantastic closers. That's actually such a great point. You know? Yeah. While on Folklore, I think that The Lakes is a much stronger closer than Hoax. Yeah. I you agree. Know? But like Evermore is like one of my favorite songs yeah. and it's so good. But this one is just like it's that extra step. Uh-huh. I think above, it, yeah. It's it's really cool. And I just think it's also like a very important and strong message for Taylor to put in a song. For which sure. I think is really cool. For sure. Devin, mm. do you relate to It's Time to Go? Yeah, this song is super relatable. Maybe not everyone has had these experiences, but they know of somebody who has had an experience mm-hmm. in any of these different things. And just the sentiment of, I need to move on. Or like, there is something that I am not happy with here. I need to change. Yeah. Which, as she says, sometimes walking out is the one thing that will find you the right thing. Yeah. That whole, I guess, bridge section there is really, really interesting. And it's true. Sometimes walking out is the only thing that will get you to where you need to go. But it's also potentially the hardest thing that you can do. You know, staying in one spot, and I'm, I relate to it very much recently with the pandemic and and the inertia of not doing things for a while and the hardest thing to do is to get yourself moving yeah absolutely <laughs> um, you know especially when you're depressed or especially mm. when there's really not too much going on for you to do yeah or it's that much easier to just sit and do nothing yeah that's the case too and so getting that inertia moving the other way is really really hard yeah and it takes courage sometimes as well. I mean, you know, walking out of a toxic relationship mm-hmm. that you've possibly been in for 20 years or something, you know. Or even a year. Or a year. You know, a toxic job environment, mm-hmm. um, a toxic friendship. All of these things, because you care. Yeah. You care about what it is. You care about where you are. You care about the person that you're either going to be walking out on or changing your relationship with them. You care, and so you don't want to hurt them, yeah. but they've been hurting you, or you've been hurting each other, or, you know, it's just not working out. Yeah. And and that can be really, really hard, and having a song like this to let you know, again, like, every every relatable Taylor song that's just like, you get me, yeah. like, I can scream sing this, or I can listen to this and just feel like I'm not alone mm-hmm. sort of thing mm-hmm. is, is, I think, one of the most powerful things about Taylor. Yeah. And and her discography is yeah. that she is able to let her listeners know that they're not alone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that everyone can 
potentially feel this way mm-hmm. of the scariness of moving past something or or changing your life structure around something or moving across country or whatever so i i think this song is crazy relatable yeah i totally agree with how that. how about you do you relate I do relate to this song. One specific, like, example, I relate to the lyric, or that moment again, he's insisting that friends look at each other like that. Ooh. Mm-hmm. In nearly every instance in my life where I had this intuition not to trust someone's words, or, like, an ex who maybe I was dating at the time was saying, like, oh, we're just friends about someone where I could tell, like, there was interest or something. Sure. In all of those situations, my intuition was right. Like, I later would, like find out or know that like whatever I like felt where I was uncertain yeah. was right. You know when something doesn't quite feel right. And then like I've learned like kind of from that that like when you're in the correct relationship and are openly communicating with your partner, they won't make you feel insecure or second guess yourself. Yeah. So I thought that that just specific line just felt so relatable. Yeah. But then also there's been other situations where it's just like I've known when it's time to like leave a situation or a job or an extracurricular or something where it was just like, this is not right or not serving me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you felt that way with your PA work. Yeah. I mean, I did. I went to school specifically studying theater in general, but one specific area in production and did that for a few years and had like, aka, quote unquote, like a dream building job. Yeah. And I ultimately was miserable. Yeah. Even though I had worked so many years and had this kind of dream job. And I knew that, like, I had to pivot and change areas in my career because I knew it wasn't going to be sustainable yeah. and it wasn't going to be right for me. But it's, like, really hard to do yeah. when you've, like, pursued something for that and, long. Yeah, and, like, put in the time yeah. and the effort and, and energy. And the networking and the, like, the money. contacts. And, yeah, so, you know, it, it worked out well. And it worked out. I ended up somewhere, like, right and better at mm-hmm. the, that time as well. But it is a weird thing because it's also hard not to feel like, am I like quitting? And right. But like when you know what's right and then you follow it, it generally works out, even if it feels scary or like, is this going to be the right decision? Like you f- should trust your gut. Absolutely. I think. Because ultimately, like you're doing it for you, you know? Yeah. So like that's what matters is like, are you content? Absolutely. Yeah. I totally even forgot about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was a big. That's a big, that was a big time, time to, to go. go for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, now we get to the segment of. Gossip. And it's time to go. Taylor depicts different situations where various types of relationships have run their course. She references friendships, romantic relationships, marriage, work. And though some of the references are more general and I think likely fictional, there are two specific references that feel to be pointedly self-biographical. So the first one are the lyrics. When the words of a sister come back in whispers that prove she was not, in fact what she seemed, not a twin from your dreams, she's a crook who was caught. Oh, Pretty damning lyrics. Yeah. It seems pretty likely that these lyrics are about Carly Kloss and the tumultuous end to her and Taylor's friendship. They were close friends who were pretty much nearly inseparable for a few years. Carly even having a room in Taylor's house until suddenly they weren't friends anymore. And then Taylor wasn't in attendance at Carly's wedding. Right. And I'm sure it wasn't as sudden to them as it was to all of us. (laughs) Prez Hilton rumored that their friendship ended because Carly was providing information about Taylor 
to her manager and good friend, Scooter Braun, who Swifties know played a role in the Taylor Swifties over party, openly celebrating it, and then subsequently buying Taylor's masters when Big Machine did not give Taylor the option to buy them outright. Right. So I could see how that could be a conflict of friendship. Yep. Also, I think this kind of puts a bit of an end to the, like, oh, like she still thinks back on Carly fondly theories. And I also think, like, we kind of had talked about how, like, we thought maybe Gold Rush could be potentially about Carly or there are, like, people thinking that. Yep. I don't think that positive song would exist on the same album with this these damning lyrics. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, these are not nice lyrics. No. Yeah. No, those are not good. <laughs> <laughs> the other clearly autobiographical lyric in this song is, 15 years, 15 million tears, begging till my knees bled. I gave it my all. He gave me nothing at all, then wondered why I left. Now he sits on his throne in his palace of bones, praying to his greed. He's got my past frozen behind glass, but I've got me. This is very clearly referring to Scott Borchetta, Big Machine Records, and the sale of Taylor's Masters. Yeah. Taylor was with Big Machine for 15 years, with the six albums that she made during that time all belonging to Big Machine, and then subsequently sold to Scooter Braun's company, Ithaca Holdings. All Taylor wanted was the ability to buy her master's outright. Instead, she was only offered a deal in which she earned an album's master's back for each new album that she produced for Big Machine Records. Right. Which is ultimately why she left the record company when her deal was up and signed with a new company. And, I mean, those first six albums are Taylor's past frozen behind glass. You know, like... She can't touch them. She They're not hers. Yeah. That's why she's re-recording. Yes, exactly. And I also, it's just like such a beautiful way to talk about that yeah. whole experience. It's written so well. Yeah. And just that idea, Palace of Bones. Ugh. Right? Praying yeah. to his greed. Like, he got, like, all the, you know, these royalties sold the record label, but all it is left is these bones. Bones. Oof. Dust. It's a great, great metaphor, I think, really well written. I, I just love that she ends that whole paragraph, or two paragraphs, with, and I've got me. Yeah, that's my favorite line, just so we're going to talk about it. Out. I love that line. Yeah. About It's Time to Go, Taylor tweeted, It's Time to Go is about listening to your gut when it tells you to leave. And it's you pretty know, straightforward. Pretty straightforward. And she, you know, her experience is like, at least in what I can tell is autobiographical about the end of this friendship and then about the end of her relationship with yeah. Big Machine Records. Yeah. So Gab, what's your favorite <laughs> line? <laughs> so we've got the same favorite line. He's got my past frozen behind glass, but I've got me. Yeah. It is just such a powerful and strong line. Like he may have her master's. But she's got her, and she's the one who created them, Mm -hmm. and she knows she can create more art, she can create more work, and she can re-record her masters and create new masters. She's got her, and that's all she needs to create her beautiful music. Yeah, absolutely. It's so good. And and to know that, like, she doesn't need him, Mm -hmm. you know, or Scott Borchetta. Like, she can do this with the Aaron Dessner and Mm -hmm. Jack Antonoff and Joe Alwyn and all of these people who she's surrounding herself with who fulfill her. Mm -hmm. She chooses now who she wants to work with. Yeah. You know who the common denominator is in all of those situations? Taylor. Taylor. Also- She's got me. She's got her. Also, she is, like, so willing to, like, try new things and, like, 
let her image be at any given time what she wants it to be and not let it be dictated by others, which I think it was for the majority of those 15 years. Yeah. And that's got to be really hard is to like be like playing some sort of role that a label wants you to. Yeah. At different times. Yeah. But it's also incredibly bittersweet and hard too, because those are her work. I know. You know? Yeah. And, and, and it's how she got and here. 15 years of creating mm-hmm. this music and that she doesn't have mm-hmm. it in that capacity, you know? I mean, in all of the touring and all and everything, all of these memories with this company yeah. that just like threw her aside. I mean, that has to be so painful. Yeah. You know? For sure. I mean, I, I Well, they just imagine. treated her like another business yeah. still. That's what it was. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty crazy, but it's then so empowering, this song. This song, And yeah. I've got me, and then also just so empowering, too, like, what she's doing for other artists and, mm-hmm. like, you know, raising awareness about this. Yeah. I read somewhere recently that she inspired Brian Adams to start re-recording some of his music. Interesting. So, like, even artists that aren't just up and coming and young, older artists that she's inspiring as well, right. which I think is really cool. Because as consumers, we don't necessarily know who owns the music we're listening to. Yeah, that was not part of, like, you know? the regular people conversation <laughs> no. before this. No, like, yeah. you just listen to a song on the radio. Yeah. I think the only time we'd ever heard about this was when Michael Jackson bought the yes. Beatles catalog. Right. I feel like that's the only other time that was, like, a big news story that yeah. we understood, like, oh, like, songs can belong don't... to other people. Yeah. Like, Devin, mm. from 1 to 10, Palaces of Bones. Oh, I know, that's a good one, right? Oh, What do you give? It's time to go. I think I'm going to give It's Time to Go eight Okay, Palaces of Bones. Okay. I, I think this song is incredible. I really do. I haven't listened to it a lot, though. And so I think it will continue to grow on me yeah. with, with more listens. Mm-hmm. For some reason, this one and Right Where You Left Me, the two deluxe tracks, and The Lakes. Like, I haven't listened to those nearly as much as I have the rest of the album. Interesting. So that means you weren't listening to the deluxe albums. Maybe. That is potentially it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> On Spotify, I wasn't yeah. listening to the deluxe albums. I'm, I'm a newbie to Spotify. <laughs> anyway, it's a fantastic song. It's an incredible closer to this chapter. It is empowering. It's melancholy. It's poetic. She sounds incredible. The production of it is really awesome. It fits wholly into the Evermore world. Mm -hmm. It checks all the boxes. I just need, I think, more time with it. Mm, I see. How about you? From 1 to 10, Palaces of Bones, what do you give this song? I'm going to give this song... I think I'm going to give it 10 Palaces of Bones. Here's the thing about nines. Because yeah. like, I think I might have given it a nine palace of bones. But I feel like to give something a nine palace of bones, I had to have a reason to give it a nine instead of a ten. Like, there had to be one thing. Sure. But sure. I don't think that there is. Cool. So I think I'm going to give it ten palaces of bones. I also tend to really love songs like this that are, like, inspiring or yeah. have a really good message. Yeah. It's, like, a really nice song to play if you're, like, in a moment of, like, doubt or, yep. like, questioning or confused about, like, a life decision. It's a soothing song that can, like, I think make you feel, like, pretty good. Yeah. And, like, tr- like the whole message of trusting yourself, I think, yeah. is really special. Yeah. Ten Palaces of Bones. Go for it. Listen along with us. You can check us out on Instagram at Z Podcast and give us all your thoughts. How many Palaces of Bones would you give this song? How many? 
Do you relate to some of the other scenarios that Taylor talks about? Yeah. Have you had a moment where in your soul where you knew it was time, it was to, time go? to go? Please let us know it all. And remember, you can find exclusive bonus content on our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast or in the link in our bio or podcast description. Be sure to follow or subscribe to Tata Z wherever you're listening to this right now. And thank you so much to our patrons. You are the best. Like, really, guys, we appreciate you so much. Yes, and we are soon going to be doing a bonus episode on the Joker and the Queen. Stay tuned. Well, next episode, we're covering our last I song. This has been a long letter. Wow, I think 17 or 19 eyes. Something, yeah, a lot of eyes. Ivy, another song from Evermore. One of my faves. Come hang with us. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab. This has been Tay to Z. Thanks for listening. See you next time.